Welcome to the Gil and Brenda podcast as we share tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Listen for the action steps at the end, and now let's get to it. Well, we are so excited today to have our guests, uh, Craig and Gina Morgan. They are the founders of Blended Together Forever. Uh, They actually, they've been married for 24 years, and they live in the Dallas area. And together, they have seven his, hers, and ours children, and of course, three grandchildren. I mean, the grandchildren are what make it. Worth it, right? <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> right? skip to the grandchildren. Yeah, the <laughs> so, welcome, Gina and Craig. How are you doing today? We're good. Thanks for having us. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we're excited to learn more about um, the workbook curriculum that you wrote for churches called Building Blocks for Making the Family Whole Again. And uh, I'm just uh, excited to hear that you guys won the People's Choice Award by the Christian Literary Association. So congratulations on that work you've done. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, Gil, what have we got today? We really resonated with this. Well, there's two things that I really like about our friends, uh, Craig and Gina. Uh, number one, Craig like he's a he's a, a Waffle House fan. Uh, and, and for those who live in you know, different right. parts of the country, because we don't have Waffle House in our part of the country, so it's like anytime we get down into that part of the country, we just have to hang out. So we we've enjoyed Waffle House one time together. Yeah, it's nothing like sticking to the seats of a Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. The other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. The other thing that I really appreciate <laughs> is just a like-mindedness and, uh, in, in a way, fellow laborers yeah. uh, around this concept of building and rebuilding and restoring and strengthening step families. And uh, we're going to kind of talk yeah. about a, a blog that I happen to just happen to see uh, that Craig and Gina wrote around the whole concept from the book of Nehemiah. And uh, that in of itself is kind of a real common thread with regards to some of the work that Brenda and I do. But uh, let, let me just kind of throw it to, to Craig and Gina. Tell us a little bit about how that all came about for you guys to begin to write that that blog about Nehemiah. Yeah, great point, Gil. Um, it was when when Nehemiah rebuilt the wall, there were so many things in just the story uh, in that chapter in the Old Testament, from he weeped when he saw the how how bad the situation had gotten. Um, he started with prayer. He was going to meet opposition, and I thought, boy, does that not speak and resonate about a, a blended family or a step family? Because we can all relate to all those emotions in trying to rebuild anything, whether you're rebuilding a wall, you're rebuilding a marriage, you're rebuilding a home, you're trying to rebuild some kids. I mean, it's just the concept of rebuilding just really resonated with us. Yeah, yeah. I I think that was one thing that when we were in the process of beginning rebuilding and in, in our remarriage ourselves, we really resonated with that very thing too, because the building blocks that Nehemiah had to work with, we kind of felt like the same thing. They were broken, busted, splintered, scarred. And that was what the Lord said. That's what we're going to use. It was like, really? So uh, when you kind of tell us a little bit more about you guys and, and what you began with. 
That'd be great. I'm going to let Gina tell you our background, our family, and then I'll tell you the ministry piece real quick. Well, um, like you said, we've been married um, 24 years, and uh, we dated off and on for three years before that because uh, because we had some pretty big, tall walls up ourselves that uh-huh. uh, that needed to come down before we could uh, could come together as a blended family. So uh, when we married, we we hit the ground running. Uh, we had seven children and uh, and had our own business. So there, there was a lot going on, a lot of moving parts, a lot of kids that were in sports. And um, mm-hmm. it's kind of like you just didn't know where to start first. Where do you start rebuilding first? Uh, I, was, I came into the marriage thinking, this is going to be wonderful. We're going to all love each other. <laughs> and course. it's going to be so <laughs> much fun because I, I love big families. And I thought this is just going to be what I've always dreamed of. And it, it kind of didn't start out that way. So, um, and it was a little, it was a little overwhelming and it's kind of like, you didn't know where to start building first. Do you, do you start, do you work on and focus on the marriage? Do you work on and focus on the kids? And each of them have all different needs and mm-hmm. go in different directions. And then you've got the exes that you're trying to work that into everything mm-hmm. and make that right smooth and sometimes they don't want to work back with you. And it was just so many moving parts that I, I never thought it was going to be, I never thought it was going to be difficult or that it was going to be tough. I just yeah. thought this is going to be so much fun. And <laughs> I came into it, I think with a little bit more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it's good. We kind of balanced each other out and, you know, looking for all the good things. And I, I tried to just make fun events you know, Monday nights, I tried to make those like the the one family night that, hey, let's all be together and not be at study group or, you know, I know there were sometimes practices we had to work around those with kids all in sports, but try to sure. make that like the family night that we're all together at the table. We would all have a leadership lesson after that slash Bible study, mm-hmm. um, which so that Gina, in itself, let me, I could let do me a ask, podcast. Let me ask really quick, how old were your children when you guys got married? Well, they ranged in ages 14 months all the way up to 12 years old. Wow. So big, uh, big variety there. We had six boys, one girl. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, a lot going on. So, and, uh, so we try to make the Monday nights very special. As, as I said, uh, I could make a whole podcast just on our uh, leadership <laughs> yeah. lesson slash Bible study that we would have after dinner. We'd have kind of a theme night dinner and go into that. Uh, the kids tried to always make that fun when it was uh, usually supposed to be a little bit more serious event, but they always turned it into being fun when we were doing the leadership lessons. They yeah. still bring up stuff from that, that they remember. Mm. They didn't want to have them is what I'm telling you. They really didn't want to do that, but we, no, we no. did it anyway and they seemed to make it fun. And that's part of the stuff that they still remember to this day yeah. is yeah. the leadership lessons. And uh, so Go ahead, yeah. honey. You want to input something on that? I yeah. Go ahead. Well, and then um, the other half of that question, Gil, you know, as far as building blocks, we did not think the Lord wanted us to do this at all. In fact, right. I fought him on it for a long time. So wow. I knew we were called to do it because I, I went kicking and screaming until I finally surrendered and said, okay, right. we'll, we'll try to help here. Because what happened for our story, it was Mother's Day many years ago. Uh, our pastor approached me and said, Hey, Craig, I've been reading up a lot about step families and blended families. 
mm-hmm. and how many kids are raised today in this situation. I think this Mother's Day at church, I want to do something different. I want you and Gina just to tell your testimonial on how you're making wow. your family work. And I thought, well, okay, wow. well, if you think that could help, that's what we did. Well, <laughs> about 4.30 that afternoon, the Lord kind of knocked on our heart like, there's a big need over here. And I'm like, yeah. no, thank you. Go get somebody else not interested so I won't, I'll spare you the details, but when we, or when I finally said, okay, we're supposed to try to help in this area, we thought we would write our story or our book, but the way the Lord led us was a good friend that said, Craig, there's lots of marriage resources, there's lots of parenting resources, but there's hardly any blended family resources. And so The way he opened doors and closed doors, we felt like this curriculum could be helped, whether it's a small group or at a church Bible study or whatever. So that's how it came about. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about one of the details, like you said, kind of kicking and screaming when, <laughs> when, when we need to be humble and surrender, <laughs> we, we tend to be, you know, God's dragging us <laughs> and, and he has a plan. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what was the key thing that just really kind of broke your heart and, and allowed you to surrender and just step into that role? Oh boy. Okay. Well, here you go. You asked. So here we go. <laughs> I, uh, I fought him, uh, for almost 10 years. Finally, Gina's frustrated with me saying, okay, if we're supposed to do this ministry, fine. If we're not, that's fine. You need to go talk to a real man's man that maybe he can help you process this. Uh And uh, the guy is not far from here. His name is Steve Farrar. He's actually a men's ministry guy that works with Chuck Swindoll. A lot of people have heard of him, Insight for Living. It's on a lot of radio broadcasts. And I called his assistant up and I said, uh, Lou, Steve doesn't know me and I don't know him, but I have wrestled with this ministry idea for a long time. And I don't know if we're supposed to do it or not. My wife thought it'd be a great idea. Do you think he'd talk to me about it? And he goes, I'm sure he would. I'll set it up. So I go to his men's Bible study on a Wednesday night. And at the end, knowing he and I have a private appointment in the back of the church auditorium. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, Gil, anything else he said that night other than this. He said, Craig, who do you think has been bringing this idea back to you over and over and over again? Uh, well, uh, the uh, I guess the Lord. And he goes, you just need to be obedient and do it because <laughs> you know he's the one talking to you. And I thought, ah, oh, that's, but yeah. that's what I needed. <laughs> yeah. Um. to knock me kind of off the edge. And so I just decided just like that and went home to Gina and said, okay, here we go. So from that obedience comes this material, this curriculum. So kind of dive into that, you know, the, the, the key chapters of chapter one, two, three of, of, of Nehemiah, you know, rebuilding takes this and rebuilding can't be in this kind of just give us the high points of, those crux matters of how you put it together. Yeah. Okay. That'd be great. Um, You know, in that two part blog that you guys saw, uh, there was a couple of bullet points that might be good to share. And I'll let Gina share a couple of them and I'll share a couple of them. But 
Um, obviously, the first thing, it started with prayer. Um, too many times, guys, in the past, I've just tried to go take action, which is totally wrong. You first <laughs> got to stop and pray. Because anytime I've been ahead of the Lord, it doesn't work out very well. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like ready, I shoot, aim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I've done that more times than I'd probably want to share, but I have. And part of the reason the prayer was so important when we got there eventually was I saw all these wounds that my wife had. I saw wounds that my kids have. But at the first part, uh, guys, I didn't even think about my stepkids' wounds because I was so mm-hmm. enamored with my own until I really mm-hmm. tried to think and feel and walk in their shoes. I go, Oh my gosh. Then it was enlightening. Um, and I think, you know, um, that's, that's one big thing. I'll let Gina talk about it takes others to help rebuild this wall. I mean, I know she's got some, of course, Gil, I know you guys do great counseling. That's why you're such a dear friend for us that we can literally point others to you guys. Mm-hmm. So I'll let Gina talk about you need others to help you build the wall. Not, each other's great, but you also mm-hmm. need an addition to just each other. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I had a really good friend that was a life coach. And um, when I first met her, she was a single mom. And first girl that I met when I came to Dallas is a single mom. And uh, she wasn't a life coach at that time, we, we worked together and she, we just kind of evolved and did some other things and then started getting a, a lot of her licensing and went into counseling. And so she really, I mean, we had to, you know, we had to sometimes call in, call in the troops when, um, mm-hmm. you know, when we agreed to disagree, but still mm-hmm. needed some outside, you know, third party help. So we had to do that sometimes and that's okay. And we, you know, we even needed some of that guidance when the kids were teenagers at, at different Especially times. when they're teenagers. So <laughs> I think that was a huge help for us. Yeah. Good. Especially when they're teenagers and especially extra for me when they were teenagers. So uh, <laughs> that, you know, outside help. And I got involved in a ladies Bible study at that time. We were at Prestonwood Baptist and, that is when I really had to dig my heels in and get in the word myself and mm-hmm. learn and trust God. And that was a huge help for me to have those older ladies that, you know, were so wise that I surrounded myself with each week. Um, that was really, that was a real important time in our marriage for me and in my life um, that I had, yeah. that I had them because I, I really looked to older people for wisdom and it was really a big help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yes, yeah, a couple good. other things, guys, that I think could help too is um, just like Nehemiah, he met opposition. You know, Sanballat and Tobiah was you know a thorn in his side, and when you're rebuilding here, um, you're going to meet opposition. Um, maybe the most common could be you know an ex-spouse. Sometimes it's even your own kids because. You know, they're going someplace to a different location that they go, I don't know where we're going. It doesn't feel real secure. So I'm not wanting and willing to go that way. Um, And then probably another thing is that comes out to me is it just takes time. I remember when we first started this journey, uh, Patricia Papelbon, 
years ago mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when when I learned this aha moment of well, what's the average time it takes a blended family to integrate? And she said, seven years. And I go, oh my gosh, you're kidding. Uh, Yeah. Now, I think that this is personal opinion. I think back then when it's literally the blind leading the blind and there is, I mean, you make a lot of mistakes because you just don't know the path. Now, Mm -hmm. today with what you guys are doing and how, you know, remarried and restored is reaching other people. Well, you're giving them tools and resources and counseling and things that'll help them blend quicker. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I don't think it can. It doesn't have to be spread out as long. And I think one day we'll look back and it'll be at least a shorter process of time. And that's what we can all hope for. Huh? <laughs> I just wanted to piggyback really exactly. quick. On what you were saying, Gina, it's so important to have other people around you. Um one thing we always talk a lot about is that when you isolate, um, you're able to be picked off by the enemy. And it's so easy mm. being in a step family. You think you're the only one struggling with, you know, the issues that are kind of mm. common, you know, as part of the step family journey. And when you isolate, it's so easy to just get into a pity party and, and give up. But once you're able to reach out and have that support mm. of others, you realize, oh, I'm not alone in this. <laughs> we have found sometimes too, people will hear other people's stories and go, wow, our situation isn't as bad as that. We have it pretty good. <laughs> and that's encouragement. Right, right. Isolation oh. is the enemy of restoration. And, and that's so important. Uh, oh. and, I, and I really appreciate the fact that when you guys really got going, it started with prayer. It, it, it was awareness that we can't do this alone. And then the nature of, you know, facing opposition and then finally giving it time, you know, goodness, you know, if we, if we're doing it well, you know, four to seven years seems like a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a drop in the bucket. Um, I do want to, I do want to kind of have you guys comment a little bit specifically about one concept, um, specifically coming out of chapter four of Nehemiah, where, where Nehemiah has actually got the family stationed at the different breaches in the wall. And, you know, with one hand, they're holding, you know, uh, the, the bricks and the cement. And with the other hand, they're holding spears and swords and mm-hmm. shields and working together. Um, just kind of let's talk about that a little bit, you know, because there is opposition. People are dealing with parent alienation. They're dealing with going back to court over child custody and support and all that. Not knowing exactly what, you know, everyone goes through because it's all so different. But when it comes to holding the spear and building at the same time, kind of, kind of share, you know, give us a little glimpse of what you guys dealt with. Yeah. Um, well, I'll let Gina talk in a second about the X's because hers was a lot harder to deal with than mine. I, I would go back and I'd do things different. I would try to co-parent much better, <clears throat> but I didn't know what I didn't know back then, so I can't go back, unfortunately. But, you know, when I think of people were ready to to fight, um, Gil, I know you and I have talked about this. Um, we talked about the Band of Brothers boot camp that's down here in Tyler, Texas, mm-hmm. that I go to every year for men. And the wounds of a man go deep as well. And I appreciate so much what you brought up, Brenda, about, you know, asking Gina about a woman can isolate. Well, so can a man and they're wounded Uh and they kind of lose the edge to, 
to fight. And I don't mean that in the wrong context. I mean the right context. We are to fight the enemy. You know, we have an enemy. We can't see him, but he is there to kill, steal, and destroy. And if we have the word of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the gospel, I mean, I could go on down, but we're stand and, but to fight, you know? And so I feel like, you know, as it says in the Old Testament, the Lord is a warrior. So with one hand, Gil, like I said, in that story, we're rebuilding with brick and mortar and cement and whatever else, but we've also got to be, we have an enemy and, you know, we can't fight it in our flesh. If we try to do that, we probably all have, but we know <laughs> that doesn't work. So I'll let Gina kind of tell you a practical, you know, uh, situation that we encountered with, uh, uh, you know, and trying to deal with, uh, maybe the X as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, my situation was a little bit different than Craig's. Um, it wasn't really where he wanted to cooperate a whole lot. Um, there were even times when Craig just intervened and took the phone calls and, and, you know, made plans, you know, accordingly on the calendar when anything needed to be changed up. Um, and some of this comes with just age and maturity. Some of it just comes with um, knowing the right, you know, knowing the right uh, things to say and not to say. And when one gets louder, uh, sometimes as he would, uh, you know, Craig would tell me, you get softer. And yeah. so, you know, trying some things like that instead of me elevating my voice or anything that I would try you know, get softer and be prayed up before I took the phone call. Um, but that was a little bit different and, uh, mm -hmm. and didn't always work out too well, but, you know, we, we sincerely, um, you know, tried to do our best and, and we're seeking God and prayer before we would have any, any kind of, um, encounter or, 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 you know, talk or calendar changes or anything that we had to discuss. Um, I just tried to be a little bit more, um, thinking of the kids first when it came to making any changes if when because at one point we had our boys uh where they were split where we had um you know one two with me and two with him and so mm -hmm. if one of the teenagers had something going on at church and it was my weekend I put the kids first and it was I don't care what the paper said if he wants to do something with his youth group or if his other grandmother was coming up from you know his dad's side I thought of the kids first, not what the paper said. Mm. And there were times that it didn't always go that way on my end, mm -hmm. you know, when we needed something changed. Um, but I always wanted to keep the kids in mind and do what was in their best interest, not what the paper said. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, and sometimes, you know, that was tough. Maybe we had things planned, but, you know, when I had one, you know, there was uh, high school ninth grade-ish age, you know, he was involved with his youth group and that was important to him. So I wanted him to be able to do special things like that with them and not, you know, make it mandatory that it was our weekend and you have to come. I think you have to learn to give a lot. Um, yeah. And and sometimes it, it, it it's not convenient. It's not, you know, fun. But I really tried to keep in mind what was in, what, what was always in the child's best interest. Yeah. So, yeah. And a lot of that is, is an internal battle within yourself because of the things you want, but at the mm -hmm. same time being able to mm -hmm. sacrifice and surrender for the good of the kiddo. Um, 
kind of talk to sure. me a little bit coming back to what your your point was uh Craig about going to boot camp and having the guys come around and the wound and and how you work through that yeah um well that's a tough one that is a real <laughs> tough one um there's it was such an aha moment for me when uh when I went through John Eldridge's wild at heart boot camp and figured out that it's our shared story that every man gets wounded, as he said, in the place of our strength. And in most instances, not all, but in most instances, that wound is put there from the father. And so you've got broken uh, pieces that literally get passed down generation to generation to generation. And it could be said the same thing with, with women, but because Gil's asking me about the man, the reason it's so rarely healed is because it's so rarely addressed. Mm. Um, you know, you might think, well, I got to be Mr. Macho man, suck it up, rub some dirt on. And I agree with all that. I think there, there is some definite value in those statements. However, if you still do that, that doesn't mean you've addressed it. It doesn't mean it's been, you know, dealt with. You haven't grown through that, hadn't healed through that. And so we have a society to, heck, all you got to do is look around today. We have a society of so many broken, wounded people. And that's what really is playing out on the surface. Um, And it's tough. But I wasn't wounded necessarily from my physical father. In my case, Gil, I was wounded from my actually my ex-wife's father he was a leader in the church he served in the military um and when when i went through my divorce he was in the courtroom the only one there and i thought man i just thought he would you know act and do things differently so that was a wound and my heart grew real cold real quick and once i realized that i said okay we got to fix that but yeah. every man's wounded Right. Mm-hmm. I, I like what you're saying that in a way where where our strength is, is where the enemy of our soul aims his most mm-hmm. um, yep. lethal weapons. Um, and just for to take it around, the, to take it around the horn, if I can use a baseball term, if I can take it around the horn one more time, you identified the wound, you you turned toward the ru- the wound rather than running away from it. You kind of stepped into the pain rather than avoiding it. When the healing came, what happened? Oh, uh, when the healing came, A, I forgave myself. Uh, I I had beat myself up thinking, well, if I'd done this or if I'd done that or if I'd known this or if I'd known that or if I'd acted that way instead of this way, I mean, I was probably my worst critic. So the first person I had to forgive was myself. Um, Mm -hmm. second, Mm -hmm. I knew forgiveness is not about letting somebody go scot-free. It's as you may have heard, if I don't forgive, it's like me drinking the poison and hoping the other person dies. I had to (laughs) forgive them. And the Mm -hmm. third thing, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but I had to do it is I actually had to forgive God because I blamed him for this. Yeah. So I had to go full circle. 
I had to first forgive me, then forgive uh, others, and then I even had to forgive God because I just had this expectation, I guess, that when that didn't materialize, I realized, boy, I've harbored lots of wounds, and I thank God they're gone, and I've flushed them off. But you're right, Gil. You have to meet them head on. If you don't, you can't be healed. Yeah. And exact. I love what you guys are saying with that because – you're going to be that much healthier to be able to uh, continue to build that wall and protect your family. And if you're so busy protecting your own heart, yeah, there's got to be freedom there so that you can be the man God has called you to be to protect and lead your family and women too. But I know we need to do another podcast for you guys because (laughs) (laughs) this is awesome stuff. Well, yeah, and and yeah, to come back to the stepdad stuff, you, you, you well, Craig and I have a very common thread, uh, heart and passion for that. I, I think too, it's just that yep. that once that you begin to understand the healing, then as Brenda is alluding to, you can battle for the other people's hearts mm-hmm. that God has entrusted to us, our wives, our children, our stepchildren, and you know, right. <laughs> the step grandchildren in my case. But that's a, a real powerful right. thing to turn to the wound. I think, you know, I have one more question for you, but before I go to that, I just want to emphasize something to the listener, especially the men and the women, that a, that an unprotected strength is actually a double weakness. If you don't watch your step mm-hmm. where you think you're strong, the enemy of your soul will take you out. It is called pride and pride will devastate you. And so the act of humility, I love what you said there, Craig, because I had to forgive God. And I think a lot of people forget that God is not up there ready to smack us down. He's there (laughs) waiting for us to have a relationship with him. And it's okay if we get ticked off at God, he can handle it. <laughs> you know, he'll, mm-hmm. he'll be patient because you yeah. know, honestly, even when we think he's wrong, he, he's right. <laughs> so my last question, my last question to you guys is if, if you had uh, the entire population of the world, step family couples listening in and you had a sentence to say to them, what would it be? Whoa. <laughs> um, be prepared to do the work. Yeah. I think some people think, and they've looked at us and asked us, you know, after we've spoken at different places, you know, how, how did you guys get to the other side? And I say, it takes work and you can't give up. Um, yeah. I think you think it's going to come in and it's going to be easy. It's not easy. It's, it's work and it's a lot of forgiveness, not just to your spouse, but even, you know, forgiving, you know, kids that have hurt, you know, said hurtful things, done hurtful things, um, neglected, you know, neglected or noticed any, you know, the things that, that you do as a mom. And it's, it's a lot, a lot of give and take a lot of forgiveness, but it's work. I mean, Craig and I made at a point every year to at least go to one marriage seminar conference, get away, just me and him and work on us. Um, and, and sometimes we'd try to fit in too, but we had for sure go to one a year, but it, we had to, we had to work on it. We had to work. That's good. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Very true. Mm-hmm. Craig, and, what's your one sentence? Probably what I would, yeah, mine would be to have a new vision for your family. And here's mm-hmm. why. 
you're going someplace that you've never been before. Um, you know, it's like the when Moses was leading the children out of bondage, they really didn't know they they were going someplace good. I hear. I think the Lord's going to be with us. We don't know exactly what the destination's <laughs> going to look like, but we feel that's going to be. And that's kind of the journey of here we go. We pick up the pieces, just like your guys and you guys analogy of, yep. of rebuilding that wall that you guys have done such a good job of explaining and keep doing that guys. But I think as we go towards this new vision, it, what does it look like? And I think if you can put maybe some uh, boundary markers and some monuments along the way, it gives them security. So I'll just give you one thing that we did. Um, the Lord gave me a thought at 2.14 a.m., a p.m. one day. I was in Chattanooga, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, that's interesting. That could be also February 14th. And I just, I didn't hear this audibly, okay? But I felt like the Lord was saying, Craig, go home and love your family. And I immediately, and I know this had to be the Lord leading me because I'm not that creative. I wrote my (laughs) name on a piece of paper, our last name, Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N, from left to right, horizontal. And then vertically, I wrote Gina's boy's last name, which is called, which is Primo, P-R-I-M-E-A-U-X. And it was Uh right there. I saw it there. It was all in the form of a cross. Yeah. So mm. what we did is we I got a t-shirt made up with our interlocking last names. Wow. And that's new. It's a yeah. new it was just the Lord did that. But that's just an example that yeah. could hopefully have the listeners go. Now that was what was a new vision for Craig and Gina. But you go get your own. Get, get, it doesn't have to be a t-shirt. It doesn't have to be interlocking. But if you get something that we're going here, it's going to be good. And you've got, so it gives, I think, security. Like, I'm not exactly sure where we're going, but this is feeling yeah. a little yeah. better. And that's, and that's that would be my takeaway. That's wow. good. That's great. That's and that, good. doing that, I think, gives the kids some security, too. Because they're, you know, they're thrown into this new step family. A lot of times they are they're voluntold. <laughs> they're told that this is what we're going to do and they don't have right. a voice. Right. So that's, I love that creative idea that they can um, resonate with that shows, okay, this is the vision of our new family. This is where we're going. So, so real, job. so real quick, you guys kind of tell us how people can get a hold of you website, phone number, smoke signals. How do, how do, how do people <laughs> get a hold of you? Yeah. <laughs> Smoke signals. I love that. Uh, our website is blendedtogether.org. And uh, on all the social media channels, Blended Together Forever, which is mm-hmm. technically the name of our ministry, because it was Gina's idea that we're going to pick up the pieces and we're going to make this marriage last forever. So yep. that's why we say Blended Together forever and um and then but yeah reach out to us through our website sign up follow us on uh facebook or instagram and if people do want to get the book it's under the resources tab uh or the video series uh or uh do a small group for that matter whatever excellent 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 okay brenda what do you got i just want to say thank you guys so much for your time today and uh gosh i hope we can meet at another waffle house between here and dallas soon (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, we want to thank our listeners. We want to thank our listeners again uh, as uh, we've uh, hopefully passed along some tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Mm -hmm. And remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing. Hey, glad you joined us today. Want to connect with us? Find us at gillandbrenda.com and the usual social media outlets. We are available for coaching, counseling, marriage intensives, seminars, workshops, retreats, and so much more. We'd love to encourage you in your relationship. Give us a call today. And thank you to our producer and engineer, Corby Stevens.